Jesus Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything, was created, and is supreme over all of creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we cannot see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities. In the unseen world, everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all of creation together. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. For he is before all things, and he holds all things together. Right now, we're going to listen to a sermon that the Lord gave me in 2012. It's from Colossians, and it's really exalting the person and work of Jesus Christ. I know this message is going to bless you. I know it's going to reignite your faith in who he is and what he has come to do and all that he has offered for us. Oh, I know it's going to bless you. This is Sean and the Word. Jesus is God. He's God. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to him. There is no other name which men must be saved. Only the name of Jesus. And it is at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. He is God. He is the creator. John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the word, and everything was created by Him and for Him. Listen to this. Everything was created by Him and for Him. You know, the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He created everything for Himself. Satan has come in to taint some things to remove it from Him, but Jesus' work upon the cross is to bring reconciliation. You know, you used to spend your money out in the club. You wouldn't think no thing spending $20, $40 buying some people drinks. I'm telling you, one time I ain't going to lie to you. I'm straight up. I went to uh, Gainesville and I was in Gainesville and I told the lady because there were so many people. I was only 19 years old, but I looked like a grown man. And uh, we went to this club in the middle of Gainesville. The Florida football team just had a, a football game. And I went into the club and we're sitting in there and I said, listen, listen, I put a $20 bill on the table. That's when I had money. <laughs> I put it on the table and I says, listen, that $20 is yours as long as you keep bringing us drinks. But if you stop bringing us drinks, I'm going to start going down. And she took, she got so busy, man, she all the way got down to like $5. And then she started picking it up. She got back up to 20 Make a long story short, I didn't think no good thing. I didn't think nothing about handing out money when I was out in the world. And I want to tell you, when God changed my heart, when God redeemed my life, I don't think it any bad thing to want to give somebody something. I see a need I want to meet. I want to bless a people. I want to bless a brother. I want to bless a sister in Christ. I want to give. I'm telling you, when God gets a hold of your life he transforms some things and I realize that everything that the Lord has given me everything the Lord has given me is his my family my health my life my abilities everything God has blessed me with everything God has given me is his it's given to him it's allegiance to him I wouldn't have it if it wasn't for him it's all yours Lord 
The earth is the Lord's and the fullness of. Not only is he a creator and all things are made by him and for him, but he's also a sustainer. The Bible says in the following, chat, following verses of Colossians that by him all things are created for him and by him, and he is sustains all things. I love that. He's a sustainer. You know what keeps the oil on this thing going? You know what keeps us turning and moving? You want to keep us with the strength and the ability just to go another day? God. The Bible says, he who waits upon the Lord shall renew his strength like the wings of eagles. Mount up on the wings of eagles. He'll run and not grow weary. He'll walk and faint not. Beloved, I want to tell you, Psalm 27 verse 14 says that he who waits upon the Lord, his heart shall be renewed. Wait upon the Lord and fear not for your heart will be strengthened. Yes, wait upon the Lord. I'm telling you, God is a sustainer. God will keep you going another day. When you think you can't go another mile, God will get you going another mile. When you think you can't go another day, God will wake you up and say, go another day. When you think you can't do another thing for him, he will get your allegiances to him. He's a sustainer. Not only is he creator and blessed you what you got, but he is a sustainer. He's involved. Not only that is he's our source, man. He's our, our, our source. John says this in John chapter 1. John says this, a beautiful thing in John chapter 1. He says he was the life of all men. And the life came unto men, but they knew him not. He's our very source. You know, in the Garden of Eden, I love him. When the Lord formed man, he, he, he took man out of the dust and he formed him. You know, he was just dust. But until God breathed into him, then he became a living being. See, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you're just dust. You're mere ashes. You came from ashes and you're waiting to go to ashes. But until God breathes in you, you are not living. You're merely existing. See, Jesus is that source of life. If you're going to have God's life in you, Jesus has got to come in. He's your source. You know, I've tried so much stuff, man. I've tried so much, so many other things to find satisfaction, to find quote unquote life. You know, I met this guy a long time ago. He just re- kind of found up on me on Facebook the other day. And I remember my friend's wedding. We, we did some, sh- we took some acid. It was gel tabs and we took it and the guy says it's going to be all right and we took these asses and we were just trying to find out life now this this insubordinate to god but but we were wanting to find out for ourselves what life was all about i want to tell you i found life 10 years ago when i was so deep in my sin when i was so deep in myself in my pain I was so alone, my soul couldn't take another moment. Oh, Jesus came in. And he forgave me. And he breathed the breath of life in me and he gave me life. He's my source. He's our source. Not only is he your source, but he's your healer. We read earlier that the Lord heals all of our diseases. All of our diseases. Say it with me. All of our diseases. That word all is pretty inclusive. It includes everything. 
God desires to heal. God desires to bless. God desires to renew. And that renewal, that healing is only found on Calvary's cross. It's only found in Jesus. God's healing is not found in some type of medicine. God's healing and miraculous is not found in some type of religious practice. God's healing is found in Christ. By his wounds we are healed. He took up our iniquities and bore our diseases. By his lashes, by his beatings, by his bruises, by all that he took, we are healed. You know, several years ago, I, I, mean, I struggled with anxiety. The devil's it's a constant affliction of the devil. It's a thorn in the flesh. It's a, it's a battle. You know, Psalm 34 is my trump card. I pull that Psalm 34 out, boy, and I just come out victorious in Jesus' name. It's so good. But I, traveling back and forth, I went to Vietnam seven times in, in short in two years and traveling back and forth. And my health began to really deteriorate because of these traveling and stuff. And I mean, sitting in the plane for long periods of time and, you know, just being so consumed with work and just doing things, not being able to exercise and put on a whole bunch of weight as you see today. And I mean, life was just really tough physically. And my legs would, would get so red, so red and I always, in my mind, I said, man, the worst thing that could happen to me is, you know, the, the, the people with the, that has the disease that their legs grow up real big and they can't walk. And I, I never would want that because I, I just, it would just really debilitate me and, and keep me from being able to function. And I would just really ruin my life and I wouldn't even want it to exist. And I always would say, man, that's my worst fear. You know, and in my legs, I would look at my legs and they'd be getting red at the bottom and I would be very fearful that, man, I have what, oh my word, this is just, it really began to bother me. And I was in Vietnam, I was about to preach to about 25 uh, pastors and leaders and I was praying and the, the, uh, Lynn's father, who was a pastor, brought me into the, to the living room and he says, we want to pray for you before we uh, go to worship services this morning and I said, okay, and they, they began to pray for me, and they began to pray for my stomach, because at the time I had a really bad case of, well, <laughs> I was eating the Vietnamese food, just to let you know. They was praying for my stomach, and then I, I nailed down, and I was praying, and all of a sudden the Lord says, I'm going to heal your legs. And her father doesn't speak a word of English, put his hands on my legs, and it was gone. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He healed me. He healed me like that. My legs that morning was so red. And as soon as the Lord healed me, I went in there and I woke Lynn up and I said, look, baby. She says, why? I said, look. She says, why? I said, look. Lord healed me. Your allegiance is to Jesus because he's a healing God. Your allegiance is not in any type of religious practices in him. He's the one, beloved. He's the one we adore. He's the one we praise. He's the one we serve. He's the one we surrender to. He's the one we give to. It is in his name we go. It is in his name we preach. It is in his name we have life. It is in his name that we have all that we have. It's in the strong name of Jesus, who is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, who is the great I am, who is the Alpha and Omega, who is our Redeemer, our Savior, our Healer, our Deliverer, our Life, our Source, all are all in all. 
is our God. It's Jesus. You know, one of the things of the enemy, what he does to the church, not only what he does to those who don't know the Lord, but what he does to the church is he blocks really who Christ is, who Jesus is. You'll fall in love with the idea of God, but you'll really never know God. John 17, 3 says this, that this is everlasting life. This is eternal life. This is salvation, that you know Jesus Christ. That's all it is, that you know him. That word know is an intimate encounter. It's the same thing when it talks about the, the bed of a married couple. That this knowledge, this intertwinement, that you be found in Christ and Christ be found in you, the hope of glory. It's all about Jesus, beloved. It's all about him. That's what it's all about. It's about the work of Jesus. It's about God so loving the world that he came. That we can have everlasting life. And whoever would call upon the name of Jesus will be saved. You know, the world wants to taint that vision. He wants to put blockers up. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and 4. Paul says, if our gospel is hid, if the good news of God is hidden from others, it's hidden from those who are lost. In whom the God of this world, which is Satan, hath blinded them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, be shown upon them. See, I want to tell you the Satan's tactics, Satan's decrees, all of Satan's tricks can be summed up that he wants to blind the people. What does he want to blind them from? The revelation of who Jesus is. Jesus is the image of God. See, if we just think that he was just a man and that he came and he lived a good life and he was a good prophet. And then he died upon a cross. Well, man, there's been people from thousands and thousands of years that's been executed. There's been people thousands and thousands of years that's been killed. Muhammad died. Buddha died. Krishna died. David died. 30 million gods of, of Hinduism has died. What's the difference with Jesus? He's alive. He rose from the grave. Beloved, grave couldn't hold him. Death couldn't keep him. This world could not kill him. He's the creator of the world. He's the sustainer of the world. He's the life of the world. You think we can shut him out? You think we can keep him off? You think we can turn him away? No way. He is an awesome God. He is alive forevermore. Satan will blind you to keep you from understanding that God in the flesh came to redeem you and God will not be defeated. He is undefeatable. He has gone to the grave and he's rose again. He has gone to the, 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 to the cross and he is alive forevermore. He is undefeatable. 
That's who Jesus is. The grave couldn't hold him. The Pharisees couldn't stop him. Sin is banished. Diseases are broken. The grip of Satan is smashed. And heaven is open because of Jesus. You know, some great missionaries, David Brainer, which was one of the famous missionaries of the American Indians, he says that he proclaimed the truth throughout his ministry. His ministry was this, I never got away from Jesus and him crucified in my preaching. I found that once these people were gripped by the great evangelical meaning of Christ's sacrifice on our behalf, I did not have to give them many instructions about changing their behavior. Once you've encountered Christ and the blinders are removed, religion's not needed. Listen to what Charles Spurgeon, our great Baptist theologian and and preacher of all time, he laid on his deathbed and he said this on his deathbed. My theology, all the stuff that he knew, he wrote thousands of books, trained thousands of preachers, a, a brilliant man in his own right. My theology is now found in four words. Jesus died for me. You know, it's about seven, eight years ago. I was cleaning up outside and I was walking around the corner. And three leaders of this church came to me and says, we want you to start preaching on Sunday nights. I I said, me? And they said, yeah, we want you to preach on Sunday nights. We just think that it'd be good for you. Man, I was so excited. I, I mean, I, I couldn't do a cartwheel, but I was flipping on the inside. I said, yes, I want to preach. I mean, I was, a, I was just starting out, man. I was with the youth, and man, I wanted to preach, man. I couldn't hold it in any longer. I would walk up and down outside in the woods, and I would yell to the squirrels, to the birds, anything. And listen, I would preach. My dog got saved when I was, no, I'm kidding. I think you've done, but I get to heaven. Snoopy's going to be there. I promise you that. He's going to say, what's up, Sean? I said, I knew I knew you. <laughs> Make a long story short, I, I called my pastor. I was excited. He said, oh, what, what do you mean they, they, they wanted you to preach? And I said, well, they asked me to. And so I, he goes, well, they didn't say nothing to me. And I said, well, and I went back to them and I said, well, why do y'all want me to preach? They go, well, to be honest with you, all the pastor does is preach Jesus. We want to hear something else. I've never forgotten that. We want to hear something else. Beloved, as long as there's breath in this life, as long as there's blood in this body, as long as the Spirit of God is dwelling in this place, may Jesus be preached. May Jesus be exalted. May the cross be gloried in. May we know that all of our sin, all of our shame, all of our diseases, all of our pain was taken to the cross and was triumphed because of Jesus. There is no other hope. There is no other good news. It's Him alone. That's your personable. That's your personal commitment. Christ, your allegiance is to Jesus. Now, what about the church? When I was praying, the Lord showed me. Last Sunday, we met. We talked about the church covenant. 
And I pointed something out that we should not, in the church covenant, it says that you should not sell strong drink or partake in strong drink. Which means you shouldn't sell alcohol or drink alcohol to be a part of the church. And I said, well, you know, the selling of the alcohol, you know, Walmart sells alcohol, uh, public sells alcohol, convenience store sells alcohol, and really in Deland, that's some only places that we really have places to work. And so we began to say that, and we, we re- rewarded it. Y'all remember how we rewarded it, that uh, we wouldn't be drunkards and that we wouldn't... Pre- then we started adding some stuff, along with the don't backbite, don't tattletale, don't be caught in sexual sin, don't be living in... in, in I mean, we just kept going, and we said, you know, don't, don't be on drugs. Don't be taking any strong narcotics to be a part of the church. Then we said, well, well what about... That's not enough. What about being a smoker? What about being a, someone who's addicted to, to dipping? What about gluttony, one who's overeating? We could have went on for seven years naming off all the sins. I had to stop you. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. we'll just leave it at that. And I went home and I prayed. The Lord says, that's religion. We begin to look at man's effort. The church's allegiance is not to their effort. The church's allegiance is to me. Not only is the individual's allegiance to Christ, your being, your whole is into Christ, but the allegiance of this church is to Jesus. Look at Revelation chapter 1. Please turn there with me. Revelation chapter 1. Verses 4 through 7. The apostle John was on the island of Patmos, and the Lord revealed to him about the church, specifically seven churches in Asia. But the idea of really the church, the people of God, the collective gathering of the people of God. You know, I'm saved, sold out, and ready to go. You're saved, sold out, and ready to go. Together, we make up the church. We make up Northside Baptist Church. And John gets this revelation from the Lord, and he begins to really explain this. In verse 4, he says this. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia... Grace to you and peace from him who is and which was and which is to come. Past, present, and future. He is Lord. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. The Lord of this church is not the Southern Baptist Convention. The Lord of this church is not elders, not deacons, not the pastor. The Lord of this church is Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the one that the church is to give allegiance Why? Look at this. Verse 5. And from Jesus, who is the faithful witness, the one first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and he washed us from our sins and own blood. He has redeemed us. Again, that redemption of the church. He's washed us. He's rescued us. But he's also renewing us. Hallelujah. See, Northside, listen to me. We're not what we're going to be. Hallelujah. We not are what we were. But praise God, we're not what we're going to be. God's moving us. He's moving us toward a perfect understanding of who he is to reveal him. 
them in our daily lives. He is the redeemer of the church through his precious blood. Look at verse 6. And hath made us kings and priests. He has established the people of the church. He has established with a lofty calling. Unto God as Father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Look at this. Verse 7. Behold, he's coming with clouds. And every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him. And all kindred to the earth shall wail because of him. You know he's coming again. Zechariah says that they're going to behold the one whom they pierced. John the revelator says it again. That he's going to come and get his church. And it's not going to be some secret thing. It's not going to be some secret thing where you're walking and, you know, we just disappear. It's going to be a thunderous activity. And everyone's going to see him. The one whom they pierced. The one whom the Satan has blinded them from. Their faces are going to drop in awe. Their knees are going to fail. And they're going to look and say, you, Jesus, are Lord. Church, our allegiance is to him. We don't wait for the day of his arrival. We know it now. He is Lord. He is Lord. Jesus is God. And if you're here this morning and you've never surrendered your life, there's some things that you've done. There's some places that you've been. There's some thoughts even in your mind that has been at war with God. You've hated the things of God. You've hated them. But God has brought you to a place where here and now, He is opening your eyes to the work of Jesus. That Jesus is enough. He's enough. Will you pledge your allegiance to Jesus today? Will you surrender your life to him? In exchange, get his life? Will you bring your sins to him and in exchange, receive his righteousness? Will you bring your diseases to him in exchange receive his healing? Will you bring your sorrow to him in exchange receive his rejoicing? Will you bring your pain to him in in exchange receive his comfort? Will you bring your your illness to him in in, in exchange receive his wholeness? Will you bring your rejection to Jesus? In exchange, receive his acceptance. Jesus, the sweetest name I know. Oh, he keeps me singing everywhere I go. With every head bowed and every eyes closed. This is the gospel. That we're in need of saving. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all separated from God because of our sin. Not only because of what we've done, but really because of who we are. We are wicked. If people knew what you thought in your mind, no one would talk to you. You're wicked. But Jesus Christ came 
was pierced for our wickedness, was bruised for our transgressions. And the chastisement of our peace he did bore. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the way. Jesus is your hope. Jesus is your life. The Bible says if you would believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. If you would believe in your heart that God rose him from the grave and you would confess with your mouth that he is Lord, you shall be saved. You shall be saved. Everlasting life with him. Eternity. Starting now with the king. Forgiveness. Deliverance. Healing. Mercy. Strength. Hope. Joy. Peace. All is found at the cross of Jesus. Will you respond as the Lord leads you? If the devil has blinded your eyes and you've made Christianity about other things other than Jesus, if you've made it about the do's and the don'ts or the this and the that's, Will you repent? Your allegiance is to Jesus. You're to love him with all your heart. You're to love him with all your strength and all your might. If you loved your husband or your wife like you love Jesus, they would probably leave you. Will you come and say, Lord, I want to love you? Like you desire for me to love you. Jesus. Lord, we bless you this morning. We give you glory. Lord, I pray for the one here this morning, Lord, who has never known the new birth. Who has never known the forgiveness of sins. Who has never known, Lord, the hope of everlasting life. Lord, who's always been blinded about who you are. But God, today you've removed the blindness. By the power of your Holy Spirit, you've removed the hardness of heart. And you've given them an opportunity, Lord, to be saved. You've given them a chance, God, to believe and, Lord, have everlasting life through you. And Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, for the ones who made church life about other things other than you Jesus ask that you would forgive us and Lord we lay our hearts before you Lord and we ask that you would help us to love you as you desire for us to it's all about you Jesus it's all about you Respond as the Lord leads you. Jesus.
Man, what an honor to be with you and to, to hear that message from 2012, exalting the person of Jesus. I pray God used this to really bless you. Share it with some friends, share it with some family members, and know that he's always enough. I love you. God bless you. God bless you real good. God bless you all the way. And I'll see you next time on Sean and the Word.